Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know who needs to hear this, but that little road before you get onto the freeway, you're supposed to drive fast on that. It's not a side street. It's part of the freeway. Go zoom, zoom. So we can all go zoom, zoom. Yeah, I feel that way almost daily with somebody getting onto the interstate at 40 miles an hour. Now they're being safe. Yep, they're being safe by having everybody slam on their brakes and nearly kill them. Uh... So we got a whole bunch of texts about people who've tried these new weight loss drugs that are so hot and popular right now. Mm. Would your would your overall feeling be that you want to try one now or that not yet? Based on the emails and stuff that you looked at. Leaning yes. You're leaning yes? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's, it's certainly a mixed bag. It seems to affect different people differently. Coming up, a pretty powerful case for continuing to change the time twice a year. That everybody hates. Okay. I've got to admit, I thought I was unswayable, and I have swayed somewhat. All right. But anyway, to the weight loss drugs. You want this email first from Anonymous, and then you can counter with some of your text? Uh, Here's the skinny, she writes. Clever, Ann. Clever. Ozempic and Monjaro are indeed African republics that are troubled with the... (laughs) <laughs> Coups and revolutions. Oh, wow. No, sorry. Ozempic and Manjaro are indeed indicated for diabetes, but Wigovi is indicated for both diabetes and weight management. Hence, it's a better option if you're just trying to shed weight. I've been on it since March 1st, and to say that it's been a miracle is an understatement. Wow. I was 153 pounds when I started, and as a 50-year-old wait, wait, female... 153? How tall are you? Um, I don't think she's. That's says. not very heavy. Well, she's a girl. Um... And as a 50-year-old female, I shed 14 pounds in three weeks. Yes, gyms have a reason to be worried. I used to struggle and exercise my butt off to stay around the 120-pound mark, but Wagovi, I've easily, I mean no effort, maintained a weight of 114 pounds since August. Not wow. to mention the insane 74-point cholesterol drop. 
What the what? Wow. Um, yeah, you mentioned yesterday the the that gyms are worried about this. Gyms exploded when we all exploded in size, right. and before that, there weren't the gyms everywhere when I was a kid. Because everybody was skinny. What are you going to go to the gym for? You worked all day long. You're already skinny. But right. I'm going to go to the gym and exercise some more. Um, people get on these drugs and get skinny again. What are all those gyms going to become? Yeah, not to mention all the weight loss uh, programs out there. Jenny Craig is quaking, quaking in her bed. I know some people complain about side effects, and writes, I have experienced zero. I can only attribute other side effects to improper dosing. Well, maybe. That you, could be. Maybe. I don't know. You have to start with the lowest dose and maintain the proper dosing schedule. I've also heard that it's a forever drug and that you gain the weight back once you, you're off of it. Well, who cares if it's a forever drug? We take blood pressure and cholesterol pills every day forever, too. Wagovi is only once a week, and the injection is painless. Well, injection? Wait a second now. I thought we were taking a pill. Nah, it's an injection. Who's injecting who with what? A nurse or a doctor? I don't you know. You gotta go into a nurse Down and what's at the a gas station. Who do you think's injecting it? It's in the eye. That's the worst oh, part. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> you have to go into the doctor and get a shot once a week? It's like I'll bet it's like an allergy thing though. I mean, it's not like going to the doctor. I got allergy shots for years and years. You go say, Hey Jen, how are you doing? Good, good, good. You get jabbed, you make a little small talk, you go home. It's easy. Huh. Anyway, I haven't done it, but that's my guess. Anyway. Can't they make it a pill? It definitely controls cravings, but where I think this med shines is that you can eat what you want. You're just not going to eat a lot of it. Slows digestion. You feel full very quickly. For example, it'll take me three sittings to finish a sandwich. Before, I'd eat a three-scoop ice cream cone. Now I eat three to four teaspoons, and I'm done. Wow. See, that's what I like is just the appetite suppression. I've convinced two of my friends to get on it. They're just as happy. Um, I'd say do it and don't look back. If your doctor says you're not necessarily the best candidate because you're not heavy enough, <clears throat> as was with the case with me. Lie about something? Gain 20 pounds and go back. Uh, <laughs> there are alternative uh, avenues to get it that I'd be happy to share. Okay. Only potential hurdle to this drug is supply. Lower doses, the starting doses seem to be on back order. What do you suppose the there are other avenues to get this, which I could share secret like menu thing is i don't know exactly you can claim something or other i don't know i got mine covered with prior authorization for insurance basically the doctor makes the case to the insurance why you need this medication and pay zero copay cash prices actually about 1650 bucks per month yeah and that's at costco even with an introductory coupon still around 800 a month um yeah the the person that one person that texted yesterday was on it said is 800 to 1000 a month but they are getting it for $50 a month yeah. because they actually need it for blood pressure or something. Ah yeah. Oh that's yeah, I got that excuse. I don't think most people are going to pay $800 a month to be thinner. Although you might. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But if you're really overweight that can cost you a lot of money too. Sure. Yeah, medical costs and the rest of it. Yeah, interesting. So, what are the what is the text line saying? Um, well, there's a bunch of different outcomes. I'm kind of interested in the what are the other avenues are that person needs to email or text back or whatever. What's what what do you got to say to the doctor to to make you uh, convince them? You're just saying no because I'm transgender. That's it. Just to let you guys know, I've seen these things, and it's a, it's a pen that you can't see the needle. And you just put it up to your skin, and you hit a button, and it injects it, and then it pulls the needle back out. So it's not like your typical syringe. Straight out of Star but, Trek. But it's but in it's, the eye? It's right, uh, yeah, right in the eye, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it in the eye or your genitals? 
Gee, doctor, I don't know. It was the only two options. <laughs> Very odd drug. Innovative. There's always a downside. Um, okay. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I'll go in and I'll say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a transgender spirit person. First spirit or whatever I'm, that's called. I'm two spirit. Two spirit. Exactly. And that's the only reason you won't give this to me. Um, I started Wagovi two weeks ago and I'm down six pounds and nothing else. So I'm guessing it's, you know, going pretty well. As opposed to my cousin took Ozempic for three weeks. She said it shut down her stomach. She was constipated and throwing up. She said she tried to induce the IBS to find relief. She felt like it was killing her. Wow. Which drug was that? That was the Ozempic. That sounds miserable. Are all these drugs similar? Well, I don't know. Are they? Are they? Do they work differently? I have well, been taking. Govi is is okay for weight loss management according to the CDC or the FDA or the, the NFL or something. So they're probably somewhat different. But I have been taking Monjuro. For that's my favorite name of the Monjuro, Senor. <laughs> I think I want to be on the Monjuro just because I like the name. I've been taking Monjuro for type 2 diabetes for about four months, and I've lost 25 pounds. When I first started taking it, I did have some back-end digestive <laughs> issues with loose stools and the like. Oh, That's boy. what we assumed you meant by the back-end digestive. Yeah, you could have so stopped. You, so you laid out the delicate, hinted-toward-it part, right. then went ahead and filled in the details. Right. Which, you know, either of those can be left out. Either get to the gross stuff <laughs> immediately and leave out the, the you know, the, the polite talk, or only the right. polite talk, and we all, we'll guess what you meant. It was a head fake. But my body has grown accustomed to the medication, and I'm doing great now. At the point of my taking, my medication is working great and well since my um, my numbers are great. So, uh, yeah, I wonder about that too. If it's a, it's a little rough in the beginning. You know, I wouldn't uh, stray too far from uh, mm. uh, certain rooms, but uh, you get used to it. But the the person talking about it's a lifetime drug. You have to stay it on your whole life. Well, obviously they don't have any idea what that does to you because it hasn't been around long enough. Sure. To have any idea what it's going to do to you if you're on it for a year or 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. For the first week, you might want to stay close to home if you understand what I'm saying. Because of the constant diarrhea. (laughs) No. No. One or the other. (laughs) Right. Right. There were complications digestively, let's just say, because I constantly asked myself. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> All right. Well, let us know your experience with the. Oh. I'm particularly interested in the Wigovi. Um, I think that's the route I'm going to go. Th- they'll get there, even if this isn't it, right? Oh, yeah, I think Something so. Something we can take that's sure. safe that's just a diet. All it needs to be. Is an appetite suppressant. That's it. Unless, unless the theory that we you set a, a, a well a set point mm. on your weight. If you get to be two hundred and twenty pounds, your brain thinks you ought to be two hundred and twenty pounds. I, I thought that was like accepted science for a while. Now I've heard people expressing oh, some really? doubt, but well, it sure makes sense to me. Oh yeah, sure it does. Sure seems like the case. As an animal, yeah, I'll, you're losing weight. You're losing weight. Eat more. Uh, metabolize slower. You've got to keep the weight on, or you will starve. Was the reality for all of human history till a tenth of a blink of an eye ago? The beast can't possibly adapt 
as fast as the the world has changed. But, but you started with if that's still true, though. You don't think this stuff will work? Well, yeah, I would say, you know, a certain point in your metabolism is going to slow down so much. You'll just stop. That those, yeah, those 1,100 calories you're taking, you'll still gain weight? Yeah, and speaking of eating at uh, Red Robin or wherever I was last night, Red Robin, the calories on the menus, you look at some of those things, it's just, this meal, the burger with fries is 1,800 calories? I mean, what? Whoever needs to do that? Yeah, yeah. The salad. I think I'll have a salad. A lot of the salads are 1,200 calories. Yeah. And you look around there and... Oh, boy. Everybody's having a 1,500-calorie salad with a... Some sort of milkshake for dessert. (laughs) It's a... No, scientists have not figured out why we're so fat. (laughs) It's impossible to know. Well, get yourself jagged with the Wigovi. Why not? Right. Of course, you wouldn't want a 1,500-calorie burger. It'd make you sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just appetite suppress it, and you walk around, and you just uh, it'd take me three sittings to eat a sandwich, like that person said. It'd be awesome. Spread a sandwich out throughout the day. Yeah. Save you money, too. Oh, obviously. So we'll get back to war and death and politics and hatred uh, in a bit. Also, I want to get to this argument why changing the time twice a year is not a stupid idea. Okay, because I was leaning stupid idea. Me too. Almost everybody hates it. I know, yeah. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He just has to ask himself, is, is, you know, is this the best path? This is probably the last moment uh, for him to do that check. And it's 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 probably good if he does. That sounded like David Axelrod. That was David Axelrod. You're a winner. <laughs> Explaining why Joe Biden really ought to just say he's not running. And this is the last moment. He would know better than me, but I'm surprised to hear him say that. You're surprised it's the last moment? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I think you're running out of time on the whole getting on the ballots, on the ballots on the states, yeah. It's but almost the party impossible. gets on the ballot, not the individual. Mm, oh, no, for the you, general. Remember, there's a difference between the primary and the general. According to, I was listening to Sarah Isger, Dispatch, who's been involved in a bunch of presidential campaigns, and she said, it's getting too late. Like, in the next couple of weeks, you've got to get so many signatures for you. She's talking about the primaries, though, I think. Isn't she? Because we went over this with, who is it? Oh, Gary <laughs> Dietrich, and I had to ask the question a few times. But you're so you're not talking about though him announcing he's not running. You're, I am, yeah. But it's going to be after the primary season, after he's quote unquote won, he'll announce that yeah, I can't really run, so we're going to have a brokered convention. And then it would just be whoever the Democratic candidate is, but yeah. not till then. Right. Yeah, that's okay. my prediction. But oh, okay. Axelrod disagrees. He's like, you got to do it now. Anyway, uh, a couple of random political notes. I thought this was so funny, annoying but funny was listening to NPR to punish myself for my sins, and um, they went into depth on the Kentucky governor's race between, and I should have gotten the names in front of me. It's just sloppy that I didn't, and I apologize deeply and humbly, but um, uh, uh, Bashir, uh, what's his first name? He's a moderate Democrat guy. He, I don't know. He's one in a, in a red state, you know, pretty well thought of. And he's running against the former attorney general, who's a <clears throat> very young and very uh, charismatic black man, who's the Republican. And he's he's a little Trumpy and that sort of thing. But so the NPR report had this long feature on how the Republican likes Trump and blah, blah, blah. He, they never mentioned this guy's a black guy. Never came up that the charismatic Republican, who might be the incumbent, is a black dude. And NPR, you, if you ever listen to it if, it, if the shoes were on the other foot, it would have been all about allegations of racism and the Republicans trying to keep down the black vote in Kentucky and blah, blah. They would have obsessed over the fact that the dude was black. But because he's a Republican, they didn't even mention it, Yeah, which is crazy. Then this, Representative Jim Jordan, not the Speaker of the House but still doing great work on his committees, uh, put out a report that the NPR crowd and 75% of Americans will never hear. Hundreds of secret reports and documents show how the DHS and the CIS, which is the uh, Cyber Information Service thing. I'll take your word for it. And Stanford and the State Department and others work together to censor Americans before the 2020 election including true information, factual information that was barred from your social media, jokes, and even opinions. Federal government disinformation experts at universities, big tech, and others work together through the Election Integrity Partnership to monitor and censor American speech. Um, According to one member of the censoring people, it was created at the request of the CISA, which is the Cyber and Information Security Administration, I think. Um. The head of the EIP, that's the Election Integrity Project, said it was created after working on some monitoring ideas with CISA. And he goes into depth with how the government farmed out censorship and threatened anybody who wasn't already on board to make them censor according to the government's wishes. And he gives a bunch of uh, examples of stuff that was true, dumb jokes, political opinions, um... Guy said, 
Pennsylvania Democrats, oh, Newt Gingrich said this, Pennsylvania Democrats are methodically changing the rules on elections so they can steal the election. It's an amazingly open, dishonest, ruthless, and will work unless the state is flooded with law enforcement. That was barred from social media. So the government, in clear and flagrant violation of the First Amendment, Amendment was censoring political speech. And it's now utterly provable. And most of America will never hear that. Boy, that is not shaking out yet. Well, you know when it'll start to shake out is when it's used by the other side. <clears throat> then right. all of a sudden it'll be an issue worth talking about. Oh, there will be shrieks of pain, anguish, and indignation. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we can check in on the uh, race for the Republican nominee uh, because something happened maybe good for DeSantis. I don't know. There is a debate tomorrow night. Oh, that, yes. Am I going to have to watch that? Can anybody make me? Do you have a gun? You're going to need a gun. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Police and the FBI are now investigating this case as a potential hate crime committed by a woman with no apparent criminal record. Late Friday night, after watching coverage of the Israel-Hamas war, police say 34-year-old Ruba Almagatha decided to plan an attack and chose this building because she thought it was a Jewish school. She drove her car into the building, breaking down one of the walls while several adults and children were inside. Well, I think our main concern has got to be a backlash against Muslims. It is. Got that poor old Jewish guy that got beaten to death in Los Angeles by some pro-Palestinian supporters. Anyway, to fill out this story... This is uh, quoting Fox 59 News in Indianapolis. Officers arrested a woman who they labeled a terrorist, after she, which is appropriate, after she drove her car into a building that she thought was a Jewish school. However, the building is being used by the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge, which I didn't know what that was, which is actually an anti-Semitic hate group. That's those weird 
black people are the real Jews, guys? Right, but because she didn't know and I didn't know, uh, if I saw that, if I hated Jews, I would think, okay, that's a Jewish school. Um, uh, and so she was trying to kill Jews, but un- unfortunately, in her mind, I guess, um, it turned out to be people that think more like her. Wow. But they're, they're I mean, am I, is it, am I f- uh, siloed in my information? I take in a lot of information from a lot of sources. Seems like there's a lot more actual violence against Jews than there is against Muslims going on. In this oh, country. many, many, many multiples. That crap you hear coming out of the White House is merely so they'll retain the Muslim vote in Michigan. That's it. That's why they're, you know, perpetrating this fiction that, oh, there's a huge anti-Muslim backlash and we must protect them. Hey, don't be beating on anybody for any reason. But no, you had Christopher Ray who runs the damn FBI saying Jews who are 2.3% of the population have 60% of the anti-religious hate crimes perpetrated on them. Come on. Ugh, politics is so ugly and stupid and grubby. And now, now, it's frequently uh, siding with people who really kind of hate the principles this country is founded on. Because they vote. Anyway, that's an overly broad generalization, but there's not unlimited time in the day. Summarizing. This happened yesterday, friends. Clip 65. I won't get him to complete you. I'll just tell his first name. He was number two in seniority at the time, Angelo. And Ange came up to me as I walked in. He said, Joey. And he grabbed my cheek. He said, Joey, baby. I said, all this time, because I just published in the newspaper that I had traveled a million, 200,000 miles on Air Force planes as vice president. They published that on a regular basis. He said, big, I won't quote him exactly, but he said, big deal, Joey. And I said, what's it mean, Angie? He said, look, he said, we just had the retirement dinner up in Newark. He said, you know how many miles you traveled on Amtrak? And I said, no. He said, a million, I think it was 320,000 miles. That story has been debunked 50 times. Yeah, by, by the Washington Post and other left-leaning organizations. Even if it were true, you can't keep telling that same story Every time you're around Amtrak people, they've all heard it. Well, the silence as he was telling that was deafening as they're thinking, oh, my God, he's not telling that story again, is well, he? You know what yes, that he is. is. Well, we all know what that is. Because sure. we've all dealt with that. You know, old people tell the same stories over and over again. And you humor them because it's a nice thing to do because we're all going to be old someday. Sure. But uh, when they're president and having to make decisions about war and peace, it is a little more troubling. Then you throw in the fact that it's all crap. So is there just nobody? I don't know who that person would be. It would be a hard job. Uh, Jack, we've assigned you the go sit down and talk to the president and tell him his story is made up. Story, uh, that's your job today? Oh, no. But no, no, you're missing the key point. Yes, they've told him that. It's been made clear. you got to stop telling that story because people think it's proof you're senile. He doesn't remember. So he goes ahead and tells the story again. That's got to be true. Joey, baby. Surely his people have told him. Yeah, the Washington Post says that's impossible. The timeline doesn't add up. That guy was dead by the time you're talking about or retired or whatever. Omicron or Evian or what is the name of the new one? Evian? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I I I, I think he's senile. 
Is there some sort of AI device I can carry on me that listens to me? So when I'm older, it will say, beep, beep, beep. Hold me. I got to check this device. Hold on a second. Oh, this is the seventh time I've told this story to this person. Yeah. I would like to be alerted to that myself. You know, it's tough because I have three kids who are all adults. And thank God we have a lovely relationship and they'll occasionally look to me for counsel or advice or whatever. And, you know, there are key moments in your life that are, uh, you know, formative and you use them to illustrate points. But I can't remember. I've hit Declan with this, but I don't think I've hit Kate with this one. She'll go, oh, yeah, Dad, you told me that. I'm like, okay, I don't know. It's just not that big a deal to remember (laughs) what stories you've told to what people. (laughs) They're good stories. And Ants came up to me as I walked in. He said, Joey. And he grabbed my cheek. He said, Joey, baby. I said, all this time, because I, this, that's published in the newspaper. Well, you throw in the being a politician, though. Politicians are by nature full of crap and tell the same stories over and over and over to different places. Right, right. And he became a politician back in the day where you could tell the same story to every single Rotary Club meeting in America True. for 20 years, and nobody would know it because nobody was recording it and posting it online. You didn't need new material. Right. I semi-famously read A Christmas Carol every Christmas season. I'm going to start telling my kids, look, I read A Christmas Carol every year. You can hear this story again. It's a good one. Sit down. That's, Let me tell you about it. That's a good point. But the modern era is different. I've, I've heard comedians complain about this in the, modern, oh, sure, yeah. the modern era. You used to be able to come up with a great 20 minutes, and you could make your living off that the rest of your life traveling around the country to clubs. Well, now it gets posted on YouTube, and it's... It's over. Wow. you got to come up with new stuff, and it's really hard. Wow, yeah. Wow. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? I know I had something. Uh, I wish we could play... I wish all of America had played President Zelensky from Sunday on Meet the Press, where he said, we are not ready to give our freedom to this effing terrorist Putin. And he actually dropped the F-bomb, and they... they bl- bleeped it out on Meet the Press. I feel like he should have gotten a pass for some reason. I feel like he, as the president of a country where the people are being slaughtered by an evil dictator, should be allowed to drop an F-bomb on Meet the Press. Agreed. We're not ready to give our freedom to this effing terrorist Putin. He was worked up, as you would imagine. I'm sure the reports he gets every day would uh, would, would cause you to be worked up. But he did announce today that they're not going to have a, elections. He, his presidential term is supposed to be <coughs> up soon, and they're not going to have elections. He doesn't feel like it's doable or appropriate in the midst of the war right now, but obviously that's ammunition to the Tucker crowd or, or you, if you believe that, that he's some sort of evil dictator himself and just trying to steal money from the United States and all that sort of stuff. I don't believe that, but no. it does give ammunition to that crowd. Seize canceled elections. They seem rather soft on Putin's phony elections for the last 25 years. Putin, and that's also announced. Putin is going to decide to stick around for another term. Oh, another good. Another term, whatever the hell that means. For uh, the good of his country? Yeah. That's very brave of him. He is going to run. I have a feeling he'll do well. I haven't seen the polls, so I'm not sure you're right. I was, ah. I was looking at the um, the video during the commercial break of this professor... At Penn, which it says here is a Ivy League school. I don't know if I... Is that an Ivy League school? I don't know if I know what are, are all the Ivy League schools. And it doesn't matter to me, so... Yeah. But that's an Ivy League school? Yep. Anyway, he's a professor there. And uh, and he was doing his thing, making the rounds, ripping down posters of Israeli men, women, and children kidnapped by Hamas. 
even had his own scissors with him, and so in some cases he could cut them down if he couldn't pull them down himself. That is some insane S right there. You're so enthusiastic about them being taken, you don't even want their posters up? That is, uh, as a bunch of people have said, in many cases, these students and or professors are here on various work visas and stuff. Boot them out of the country. Hell yes. You going to promote terrorism? Get the hell out. And and the fact that anybody would blanch at that statement is a measure of how sick we've become as a country. No, if you're pro-terrorism, as defined by all of the institutions you hold dear, by the way, the UN, etc., international law, if they're clearly supporting terrorism, get the hell out of our country. Get the hell out of here! That's right, sir. <laughs> um, one more unrelated note before we take a break. This came up the other day, so... Uh, they're trying to decide what to do with Matthew Perry's residuals that he gets from friends. We guessed about this the other day. How much do each of the friends make per year off of the TV show just existing out there? $20 million a year each. Wow. $20 million a year each. For work you did 20 years ago. Yeah. 30 years ago. Whatever it was. And he didn't have, a, apparently, a will lining up. Well, you'd think if you were as close to death as he was all the time, you'd have had that figured out. Yeah, well, he's a bit of a drug addict. So he doesn't have a wife and kids, so you might not whatever. I don't care. Wow. I wish I was on Friends. I know. That's what I was thinking. Why don't I create and star in an iconic television show among the best that's ever been? Right. That gets sold for a billion dollars to Netflix. I wish I thought of it. I know. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, We got more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dan Ball 
Daniels in the Washington Post writing, There are concerns among people in the consulting world that the Biden campaign is not being run the way it's supposed to be run. You think that's the problem? Wow. It's the mechanics of the campaign? Hilarious. Honey, these roadkill raccoon hot dogs are just not selling. I think it's our marketing plan. (laughs) Wow. Well, I've been wrong. Wrong! Because I was right, then I thought I was wrong. But now I realize I was wrong when I thought I was wrong. So now I believe I'm right. What's the topic? Changing the time. Daylight saving time versus standard time. I became convinced... I read some scientific, uh, you know, accounts that the problem with daylight saving time is that it, it trades morning sunshine for afternoon sunshine, and that human beings are designed to wake up with the sun. It, the kids can't be going to school in the dark, and blah blah blah. Okay, I gotta ask this. I don't okay. even. I don't want to ask it, and I don't want to hear it. Uh oh. <laughs> but I gotta Go to understand the conversation. Yes. Why did we start doing it again? During the War of 1812, the Kaiser perceived a gasoline shortage and called Jimmy Carter and said, Jimmy. Anyway. um, <clears throat> But what was the reason for starting it in the first place? Because that has something to do with whether or not we should continue it. Well, this, this, is, this is a Joe Biden-esque moment. We've discussed this. I know so we good. have. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows and nobody cares. There are like half a dozen different arguments self-contradictory, different moments in history. I feel like if nobody knows why it started, that means it's self-evidently true (laughs) that it doesn't need to continue. Uh, Yeah, 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 I I hear you talking. But this is so interesting. So I became an advocate of we got to keep standard time. I just won't be able to play golf in the wintertime, whatever. Boo-hoo. Got this note from Casey in Templeton, which is in the central part of California, wine country. After so much debate on this topic, I decided to make my own chart to help understand standard Pacific Daylight and current Daylight Saving Time structure. It seems that a majority of people hate changing time. They hate how early it gets dark in the winter. But I believe that they haven't really looked at the hours of daylight in a day and what it would mean to stop changing the clocks and stick with just straight standard time or uh, Daylight Saving Time. The standard time drawback is the sun would rise before 5 a.m. in June and July. Your results may vary depending on where you are in your time zone. Yeah, when I was a kid, we lived at the very, very, very west end of a time zone, which did have an effect on it. I mean, they were like 10 miles from it. Yeah, we got a note from somebody who was at the very east end of the central time zone. They said it's already getting dark at 4.30 in the afternoon. Right. Anyway. Uh, So the sun would be up before 5 a.m. in June and July and before 6 a.m. for five other months of the year. Could you imagine sun coming up at 450? Everyone would need serious blackout curtains with Pacific daylight time. Again, obviously, this is somebody on the West Coast. The sun would rise after 8 a.m. in January and February and between 7 and 8 a.m. in March, November and December. This one is obvious, a disaster. No one be, would be on time for work or school. How would the kids walk or bike to school? Uh, we've been getting up in the dark for generations. But Why would nobody be on time for work or school? I get the kids riding their bikes. Because it'd be dark. Well, you can't go to work in the dark. You go to work in the dark all the time, don't you? Yeah, we've been going to work in the dark our entire career. Well, I guess, so. yeah, we go to work yeah. earlier than most people. But yeah. still, it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't prevent you from going to work <laughs> if it's dark outside. So if you do the switcheroo, it avoids both of these drawbacks. Sunrise stays between 5 and 7 a.m., always. Sunsets stay between 5 and 8.30, always. Uh, daylight saving time is the perfect solution to keep the most normal seat of business and school life for adjusting our operating hours in between sunrise and sunset. 
And then Casey helpfully uh, includes a chart, which if you'd like to examine it, I will hand over to you. I lived close enough to the end of the time zone that you could go drive over the time zone and get an extra hour of drinking out of the bars. Good idea. (laughs) So here's... Excellent plan. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I'm just easily swayed. Humankind has been operating according to the rhythms of the Earth and the, the sun and the solar system for our entire existence until clocks became generally available. So now it's based... Till the War of 1812 when the Kaiser called Jimmy Carter. When the Kaiser called Jimmy Carter and said (laughs) the children have to help get in the crops to save gasoline. (laughs) Therefore, we are going to change times. (laughs) Anyway, um... But now, everything's by the clock. You You don't go to work at your advertising agency or insurance company or whatever later because sunrise is later. No, you show up at 8, 8.39, whatever it is, every damn month of the year, no matter what. So it only makes sense to move the clock time to at least coincide somewhat with where the sun is. Well, maybe I maybe I am prejudice on this because i have been working early mornings like my whole life including like when i was in high school at the feedlots i went to work in the dark mm-hmm. and then i did morning radio for years and years like do a lot of you never go to work in the dark so it's like unusual for you maybe that's true i'm looking at this chart maybe a lot of you never go to work in the dark and that would be a weird experience yeah i always have so it's never really never really thought about it yeah so yeah maybe the that's kids it. is an issue oh yeah 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 i wouldn't <laughs> want my kid walking to school, riding his bike to school in the dark. No, don't want that. Well, in spite of the skyrocketing rates of heart attacks, allegedly, when we <laughs> spring forward. No way. No way that's true. Not a chance that's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tiny change. But How could that possibly be true? Because You need to be thinned from the herd if that kills you. <laughs> wow, you're heart attack shaming. That's sick. What kind of man does that? You never have to get up an hour early for a flight. Does that kill you when you get up? Oh, yeah. Every time I have to catch a flight, I have a heart attack. <laughs> I got a friend saying, you, you, I got a friend says, See, you want to go fishing Saturday? I have a heart attack on the spot, <laughs> even thinking about getting up a little early to go fishing. <laughs> right. Or, or did you raise children? You just didn't get up when they got up in the middle of the night? You didn't feed them because I'd have a heart attack if I got up and fed them, so... Yeah, I remember the one time I drank too much water before bed, and I had to get up and pee an hour before I usually do, and I had a heart attack. <laughs> All right, so and does. I had to pee. So it doesn't make any sense, yet I hear that story every year. People have heart attacks because of the time change. Yeah, Again, well, you need to be thinned from the herd. You're wow. weakening the herd. Always oh, doing it again. You're the one we kick to the outside of the herd so that the <laughs> lion can eat you. <laughs> Don't watch, kids. The herd's better off. <laughs> So, speaking of kicking, I think Barack Obama is due for one. His little screed wow. the other day about Israel was just obnoxious. It reminded me of how off-putting and, and, and pretentious the guy is. Oh, Next yeah. hour. Thanks, Hank Jr. Professorial. Yes. As a guy who was a professor. Uh, so, we do four hours of this every single day, and you don't catch all of it. If you would like to catch more of it, or all of it, you can subscribe to our podcast. That way you get all the different segments. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.